Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about some of the ways that we self sabotage. And it's really easy to blame these things on lacking willpower or not having discipline. But in reality, it goes a little bit deeper than that. It's really easy to blame food and cravings for the reasons that you haven't lost weight or reached your fitness goals. I understand. Food is delicious. My hormones create cravings. My family sabotages me. Maybe you feel like your environment is just set up for you to fail, like snacks at the office, you can't avoid the candy bowl, or you're always finishing the mac and cheese that's left over, you don't want to waste food. All of these things are challenges for sure, but let's be real. They are not to blame. You might feel like they are, but they're not. I want you to take a moment to see if you can recognize yourself in any of these behaviors. Snacking throughout the day, staring into the fridge or pantry for no apparent reason, maybe realizing that you're standing in front of the fridge again and you're not hungry or nothing sounds good and so you open and close it multiple times. Eating little extras, they don't count, right? It's just a bite, it's just a little bit of this, it's just a little bit of that, who cares? eating until you are uncomfortably full, sleeping in later than you plan to, even though you have set a goal to get up earlier, finding yourself stuck in a Netflix binge when you have a project planned, drinking alcohol too much, too often, or instead of doing something that you were going to do, playing games on your phone for hours on end, maybe spending money and shopping online when you're trying to save and you've made a commitment to cut back. Does any of that sound familiar? I know there are more and you can probably list out a few of your own. I would love to hear about them. So shoot me a message and let me know how this is showing up for you. But I have heard every excuse in the book. In fact, I've used many of them myself and sometimes I still do. But what if I told you that there was a solution to these problems? What if I told you I could give you the answer right now? Would you be willing to stop these things? And don't rush to answer this. I want you to take a couple of deep breaths and then answer. How does that answer feel in your body? Does it feel liberating or exhausting? Are you excited about changing this? Or is it a little bit depressing? Be honest here. How does your body respond to you saying, I will never eat for boredom again. I will never binge eat again. I'm never going to buy things that I don't really need or want. For many people, that is downright frightening to consider. Those behaviors are just examples of some of the ways that we numb out and distract ourselves from things that we don't have the tools or the skills to change, or we haven't chosen to acknowledge that we don't like them in our lives yet. We don't like to admit it. And we certainly don't want to let go of our safety net. We do these things, even though they don't serve our greater goals, 
because we don't like to feel uncomfortable. Let's face it, who wants to feel like crap? Nobody. So we use these behaviors, these self-sabotaging behaviors, as a way to soften the edges around the things that we don't like about our lives or so we don't have to face the things that we have to do. This is a double whammy strategy. It works really well because it makes us feel like we're busy and being productive, even though it's straight up procrastination and distraction. How many times have you scrolled through your phone for a couple of hours or you've had a day where you've been really busy and yet at the end of the day, you can't account for anything that you actually got accomplished. You come home exhausted. That's part one. And on the other side of it, it gives us this surge of dopamine that gives us temporary pleasure, which in turn makes us feel like we're happier than we are in any given circumstance. You know it's a brain lie because once that feeling wears off, you're still wishing that you had more willpower and discipline. Then you proceed to beat yourself up because you caved again. Am I getting any closer? Does this sound like you? And this is not about shame. This is just about recognition. All of us have these behaviors in one area or another, whether it's losing our temper or sabotaging our rest or being addicted to stress and thriving in stressful environments. And so we create them ourselves. There are a lot of different ways that this shows up and manifests. And so don't judge yourself harshly here. This is just about really taking a look. Does this mean you lack discipline? Hell no. It just means that no one told you that discomfort is your brain's way of keeping you safe by avoiding things that feel like a threat. And you might be thinking, Steph, that's so stupid because nothing in my life is threatening me. I'm not in any danger. And that may be true from a physical standpoint, but our brains are wired to seek out and perceive things that make us uncomfortable as threatening. So while we are no longer running from bears and we're probably not going to die of starvation, that doesn't mean that our brains don't perceive everyday stressors as threatening. Now we are capable of handling this stress, most of it anyway, not all of it, not if it's chronic and overwhelming. We are wired to handle some stress, but when it becomes overwhelming, when it comes to be too much, that's when we start having issues. Your brain is wired to seek pleasure and I am 100% in alignment with that. However, if you're torturing yourself for your lack of willpower and you're not getting the results you want, all that means is you're deriving too much pleasure and safety from the things that hold you back and not enough pleasure from the places that move you forward. All of that to say, I have a solution. Are you ready? Accept that discomfort is okay. Discomfort is actually not going to hurt you in any way. Your brain makes you think it is, but it's simply not true. Find a way to bring comfort to yourself when you're feeling those urges. It's time to make a change about the way you think about discomfort. And this is how. You get to choose a new thought. And then you have to go to work to make that new thought true. And yes, I said work. 
Here's an example. Let's say that your original thought is that shopping makes you happy. Perhaps the new thought could be, I don't need to shop to be happy. And that sounds great on paper, right? However, you might check your email or watch late night television and all of a sudden you get this urge to buy something. Because your new thought was weak, (laughs) it didn't hold up. You are going to be pushed to your default, which is to hit that buy it now button. So you have to be actively proving your new thought right. You need to start thinking happy thoughts without shopping. Try to find a few new thoughts that you can sort of try on and see if they fit. See what is easiest to believe and also brings that feeling of happiness to your body. Really try to channel the emotion that you're trying to have. In this example, it's happiness, right? So saving money offers new opportunities that are exciting. Maybe that sticks better than, I don't have to shop to be happy. Or I get to go hiking with my friends and have fun without spending money. Maybe that feels more rewarding to your brain than, I don't have to shop to be happy, right? Having extra money in my account makes me feel safe and happy and secure. That might give your brain something to focus on that feels more safe and secure and in turn brings in that feeling that you are telling it the truth. This is a slow transformation, but practice, practice, practice. You will get better at recognizing the wrong thoughts and changing them. The more you rehearse the new thought, the more your brain begins to believe it. So you have to do this on repeat. It's not something that you can just think a thought, try it on once, well, it didn't work, oh well. Our brain has to believe it, and the only way that it's going to believe it is if there is an emotion attached to it that is strong enough to make it want to change. The mental work is hard, but once you break through that barrier, the results will come and there will be less resistance over time. So not only have you recognized that you have this issue, but you've changed your mindset and now you have a new behavior and that behavior is in alignment with your goal. That means that you are going to get closer to your goal as you practice this new behavior and the new behavior is going to become easier and easier to practice because your brain is not throwing up all these red flags that it's a dangerous, scary situation that you need to numb out from. So let me circle back to when it comes to overeating as a tool. You're going to need to prepare for this to be very uncomfortable and for urges to come and go frequently. Allow them without resistance. That means you don't get to shut them down. You don't get to push them away. You can't willpower your way out of this. I just want you to take notice when they show up and start to try on new thoughts. Acknowledge that you hear that voice saying, hey, there's the candy jar every time you walk by your coworker's desk. And you're going to have to talk to some of these thoughts and say things like, I appreciate that this candy is going to give me some pleasure right now, but I'm going to choose to be uncomfortable today. And this discomfort is not going to make me feel unsafe. It's going to be okay. And I'm going to choose something else instead. And then you need to acknowledge and recognize that you did a good job because that is the emotion that you need to feel in order to feel safe and secure in your new habit, in your new behavior, in your new practice. You can say things like, 
I can have anything I choose, so I'll plan for this treat tomorrow or later when I'm truly hungry. Or check in with your body and say, am I actually hungry for this right now? Because if I'm not, then this is not going to solve whatever issue I'm having and I need to look at that. And as you check off the list of things that you really need to acknowledge instead of procrastinating, like standing in front of the fridge so that you don't have to do your emails or clean your house, then that becomes the reward. And you start to bypass that urge to go to the candy jar or the pantry every time you have to do something that you don't want to do because you have already shown your brain that you're not giving into that crap. It would be so easy to take on that uncomfortable urge and just try to shut it up or appease it, right? But both of those things are a trap that keep you stuck. It'd be easy to skip your cell phone payment too, but you'd be pretty upset when they shut off your service and then hit you with late fees or reconnection fees, right? Urges are part of the transformation game. You don't get to try to control them and they can't control you. Notice them, allow them to be there and begin shifting your mindset. This is something you have to do consciously. It takes work. Think about all the things that you will accomplish and achieve when you stop using food or social media or technology or alcohol as a way to create space from yourself and the things that you really want to do. When you take out that middleman and you lean into the discomfort and you're willing to feel it without reacting to it, without acting on it immediately, that's when transformation happens that's when you really get to change. I hope you got something out of this today. If you did, please be sure to rate and review the podcast and screenshot this episode, share it on social media, tag me soulcenteredfitness.co on Instagram. I would love to come and say hi, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.